0: Are you a service-based business owner looking to increase profits to fund your lifestyle? Well, this podcast is for you. We bring you inspirational guests sharing actionable tips to solve many of the struggles you face each and every day. And now, over to your host, Paul Higgins. Hello to the Build Live Give Podcast. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. And if you enjoy it, please subscribe. If you're a regular, thanks for your support. I'd love to get your feedback at Paul. At buildloopgive.com. It means the world to me when you do. You're welcome to take notes, and believe me, this guest gives lots of great tips, but you'll also get a fully transcribed interview on our website. Our guest today is someone who was keen to take any role in New York City. Luckily, she had an uncle that helped her land a job in media planning role at UK Universal McCann. She saw a gap in connecting spend to results and her business partner, Mike and her, left to start their own agency. They landed Box.com, not a bad get, as one of their first clients and the rest is history. Their agency helps tech and healthcare businesses with digital marketing. Listen, first is how to market your own services business through Facebook Adds some brilliant insights there. The second is how to run a people first business. Great explanation. And the third is how to run a distributed team, which is so important in the modern times that we're living in. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Kerry Guard from MKG Marketing. Welcome, Kerry Guard from MKG Marketing to the Build Live Give podcast. Great to have you here, Kerry.
1: Thanks for having me, Paul. I'm so thankful to be back in touch with you. This is great.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I love being on your podcast and thanks for the opportunity. And it's only fair that I give you the same opportunity back. And yeah, it was great to be interviewed by you. So I can't wait to return the favor. And we always kick off with something that family or friends may know about you that we may not.
1: This is so tricky, Paul, because I'm such an open book and my team's probably totally giggling at me like, yep. So I'm like going through the list, favorite movies, favorite food, like, dope. everybody knows that about me. But for our listeners who may not be my team, I'll say that something my family knows about me that you may all not know is that I love chocolate, peanut butter, anything. And I've recently moved to the UK where there is chocolate peanut butter, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) The struggle is a little real right now. I'm not going to lie, but I am making do with, I've switched over to salted caramel. That is clearly a thing here. So that has filled the void, but not quite the same, but I'm making do.
0: And uh, it's not something that Amazon can deliver? No, (laughs) no, it's not. (laughs) Well, you might have to wait long to do that. And I think, well, one thing is maybe your transition. So where did you live and where do you live now?
1: So I was living, I'm from the United States. I grew up around Philadelphia area. Um, I lived in New York for a bit, but I recently, most recently moved from Seattle area, where I was living with my husband and two kids. And we have recently relocated to Guernsey, which is in the Channel Islands between England and France. My husband is from here. And given the current climate of things, we decided Guernsey was the place to go as they're COVID-free and I can send my kids to school. So in July, we relocated halfway around the world.
0: Well, well, look, I know we're going to definitely talk more about that and how you've managed the business. Look, yeah, I think it's a smart move. I was very interested in how, I don't think it was, was it the mayor that set this 3% rule with schools in New York and just how much it backfired. So yeah, I think your children hopefully enjoying school there has been oh uh, gosh, a very smart move.
1: Yeah, they're loving it. It made it all worth it, for sure.
0: Brilliant. Excellent. You had a great career in media planning in uh, some really big names, Universal, McCann, publicists, etc. cetera. Tell us a little bit about why you did that, and then more importantly, why you decided to set up uh, MKG, Mark?
1: I'll try and keep it to the as most recent podcast guest I had. He said, I'll do the one drink scenario rather than the two. Um,
0: <laughs> Very not lovely. Correct.
1: So I went into media planning mostly because I wanted to work in New York and I was willing to do anything and everything to get there. And so I went to school for photography and I told my uncle I wanted to move to New York. And he said, well, I'm a sales guy in advertising, so I can definitely get you a job in media planning. And I was like, sign me up. He's like, do you know what media planning is? I was like, nope, I don't care. Sign me up. <laughs> and so I landed my first job at Universal McCann in traditional media planning, which is TV print billboards that sort of thing and then I made my way around and I went into digital then I met my husband who was living in Seattle at the time and he couldn't move because like I said he's from the UK and so I had to go to Seattle to be with him and uh, I met my business partner at one of my jobs there in Seattle and uh, we just hit it off right away. We really understood what the challenges we were facing at all agencies that we'd worked in to that point, which was mostly that we were doing these big brand awareness campaigns and spending all this money on behalf of our clients and getting their brand seen across the internet. But the clients would look at us at the end of the day and go, great, you spent all this money. This is awesome. But like, what did we achieve? And we'd say, well... This many people saw your ads this many times and this many people clicked on your ads and got to your website. And they'd be like, okay. And how much money did we make? And we go, well, we didn't look at that because we couldn't for all of these reasons that were in our way. And so we ended up having a brand approach the agency we were working at and they wanted this agency to be their agency of record, but they were too small. The the agency we we're working at turned it down. And Mike and I looked at each other and said, but they're a travel website. And we could actually like know that if we spent this much money, this many people would go and like book hotels with them. Like this is everything we've been looking for and more. And so we asked the brand if they would be willing to have Mike and I pitch it as an independent agency. And they gave us a shot. Needless to say, we had to get all of the things in place in case it came down and didn't come down for a whole host of just political reasons. It wasn't that we didn't win it, it was that they were having some internal struggles. But at that point, we were set up as a company. So Mike and I sort of looked at each other and said, okay, like we're going to do this thing and we're going to focus on clients and companies that we can actually measure down to their revenue. Like, let's do it. And so my husband got a job at Netflix at the time, and so we relocated down to the Bay Area. Mike said, "San Francisco sounds great. Let's do it." And our very first client was Box.com, which is exactly what we were looking for, and we we're just off and running.
0: Brand, brand, and the I always asked the question of you know your biggest hurdles and what sort of mind shift change you had to have from leaving i suppose the security of a large company to start your own and i suppose getting boxed like a client would have been a a brilliant way to to give some confidence but you know yeah what was sort of those early day hurdles for you and mike
1: well originally we were very much of the mindset of it'll just be the two of us and we'll be running these campaigns and doing the strategy and execution and analytics and it'll be great and just you and me all in and then we got about a year in and we had been doing some reading and looking at the landscape and where people were going. Mike and I, at the time, were running what's called CPM ads or mostly banner ads. You know, when you go to a website and you see those square boxes for promoting this thing and that thing, that's all done by media planners, which were us. But we were finding that more and more people wanted things like paid search and and search engine optimization, which were not in our skill set, but fit our motto or our tagline of measurable media. And so we had to make this shift of, okay, it's not just going to be Mike and I till the end of time. And we do need to grow and we do need to add people who are going to fill this gap and help clients achieve what they need and meet our mission of who we are at our core. So that was definitely a mind shift.
0: Brilliant. Great. And obviously, you know, working with a partner, it sometimes works, other times it doesn't. What's made the relationship with you and Mike work so well?
1: Common goal. We both really wanted to start this agency for the same reason. We established our values really early, which were in line with who we are as people I think that's really important. You really want to find somebody who you just see the world from a similar view, not the same view. You definitely need to have different perspectives and different what I call superpowers, but you need to have some common ground. And by establishing your mission and your values early on, you can ensure that that's the case. And then communication is just critical. Mike and I got to a point, I had just had two children, I had twins. And he had been holding the company together by himself for eight weeks at that point. And I came back er earlier than I should have, and I wasn't quite ready. And he was still like trying to figure out how to do his job and mine. And he came to me and just started talking like, and it wasn't quite the right words. And I took a lot of it to heart and it was definitely like a very tough conversation, but so important because it allowed us to define what we needed to do as business owners and what roles we needed to own really hard versus owning everything all together. So like, okay, Mike is taking on finance and sales. That is where he's a rock star. And I'm going to handle HR and marketing because that's my sweet spot. And now we have defined lanes of where we can really take this business, as well as the fact that we we're like, we need to talk more. Like we're letting all this stuff build up and we're not problem solving more often. And so we then also created our weekly stand up, which we've been doing for the last five years and haven't really missed a beat other than for holidays. So definitely communication as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. And look, I had a business partner in one of my businesses, tech business, and sounds very similar to your experience with Mike, uh, really good values, alignment, et cetera. And I went through, you know, a, a kidney transplant and uh, yeah, I can't help thank Scott enough for his support. But I think because we had that value alignment and because we were also very clear in what we did, yeah, I think that made work. And I think, yeah, I'm so glad it has for you and Mike. And I don't know what your goals are, but uh, Scott and I had a successful exit. So definitely it ended well for us at the end. So the next section we're going to move into is the build section. So when someone says, hey, Kerry, what do you do now? How do you best answer that?
1: I'm sorry, can you elaborate on what you mean by what do you do now? Like, yeah, what so when
0: someone comes happen? up to you in a, and it's no longer in a cafe, but let's say it was in a cafe, and they say, Hi, Kerry, uh, so what do you do for a living? Yeah, how do you best answer that?
1: Oh, yeah, I run a digital marketing agency. We specialize in SEO, PPC, and analytics, and I run the HR and marketing side of the business.
0: Great, right. and you know, what do you know about... SEO PPC web and campaigns that a lot of other people miss.
1: Honestly, it's not my sweet spot anymore. I've, you know, like I said early on of like Mike and I realizing that this was a need, we immediately went and found experts who know that space incredibly well. I know enough to be dangerous where I can explain what they are and how they work together and I can talk about it from a strategic standpoint, but that's not really where I live anymore. I'm more in like how to run a business and the culture side of the business. And I do run the marketing side, but from a, like I said, from a strategic standpoint of, okay, I basically turn to my experts and say, I'm your client now, and you're going to run the PBC, SEO and analytics side of the MKG Marketing, and I am going to be your client, and it's been awesome. I'm so glad I, I wish I did that dinner because they're brilliant, and we're actually getting solid leads in now. Where before Mike and I were trying to do it ourselves, it was not going well.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, let's quickly touch on that because, you know, when I speak to a lot of digital agencies, because the tech company that we sold used to provide. Tech stack advice to to agencies, and and when I'd ask them, you know, what's your best source of of leads? What do you do? And they say, look, we don't really market ourselves; it's all word of mouth. It wasn't often that they actually were successful in doing, you know, using internal people the way that you do for your marketing. So, just tell us a little bit about the secrets that you've learned doing it the way that you have.
1: Yeah, so we've definitely done a ton of word of mouth. I mean, we've grown the business year over year from referrals, right, clients. Loving us and leaving and going to another company and then bringing us along or telling their friends. That's definitely a big part of how we've grown the business. And most recently to your point, Paul, of how we've been able to bring in leads from marketing is SEO has definitely been a piece of that. So the team did, went in and did a big audit and they figured out what our keywords need to be and where we need to focus in terms of content, which has been incredibly helpful. And I'm looking forward to beefing that up even more in 2021. But the thing that's really been helpful in 2020 has actually been Facebook. I know you're looking at me funny. I can't see you right oh, yeah, now, Paul, no. but I know you're like raising your eyebrows. <laughs> like. yeah.
0: you can hear that pregnant pause, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Facebook, really? Yeah, really. Um, the beauty of Facebook is its targeting capability. I mean, you can basically put an email list and say, here's the people I want to target and people like them. And it goes and it puts your ad... Right in front of them. And while they may not be essentially thinking about their job in that moment of perusing Facebook, it's about surrounding your audience in a way that keeps you top of mind. So we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Google, and then we have content and free content and podcasting. So all of these channels are sort of working together. And it just so happens that we're capturing people in with that right message on Facebook of that free asset we're giving. And then they're coming and they're downloading and then they're staying engaged through email. And so, yeah, I mean, surprisingly, Facebook. But I also want to be clear that we figured out some of these other elements, right? We figured out who our ICP is, who's our ideal customer profile. We figured out what messaging is going to resonate with them. So right now, and for everything that I'm reading and everything that I'm listening to, from podcasts to master classes to reading. Everybody's saying the same thing when it comes to information is that it's free and that consumers are no longer relying on, even in B2B, they're no longer relying on a salesperson who they probably don't trust to begin with to tell them what to buy. They're doing their own research. And so I know this sounds really counterintuitive, but the more information you can give away, The more trust you build with a potential buyer who, when they find themselves ready, they then basically walk themselves the door and book a discovery meeting. And so the leads I'm getting on Facebook aren't necessarily people ready to buy, you know, right now or tomorrow, but there's something about the thing that I'm giving them right now that's free, that is resonating with them, and that's keeping us top of mind.
0: Yeah, look, I think that's very sound advice. And we're finding the same thing. So I work with a lot of seven figure. Business owners that typically have had referrals and now they want to build and especially because LinkedIn so I love what you're doing on Facebook I'm going to do some more research on that and it's a great tip but on LinkedIn you know it's been such a powerful way, but it is about giving that that free content information which is working exceptionally well and yeah I think you're spot on now just quickly on the podcast as I said earlier I've been very fortunate to be a, a guest on the podcast, but you do series. Right, mm-hmm. so why do series versus you know uh, consistent drip feed of content through your socials?
1: Well, we're gonna test it um, <laughs> what's I'm, a
0: hypothesis like, though <laughs> Yes,
1: it is a theory, a hypothesis. I mean, it works for Netflix, right? We have done eight episode seasons thus far where every week we're dropping a new episode for eight weeks in a row, and then we take a break, and the reason for that is mostly because I'm a mom of twins, and I'm running a business. And as much as I would love to think I have all the time in the world to run all these podcasts every single week, like some of these amazing podcasters like yourselves, I just don't have the capacity. And so by doing eight episodes, it gives me a breather in between to ensure that I have enough episodes for the next season. But it's always been my dream to drop them all in one go, as I've been calling it binge style, Netflix style, whatever, because it works for for Netflix. And I think the reason why my theory is that I think it works for Netflix because it's again about the consumer and the consumer's time of when they can listen to things and when they have the availability. And it keeps them engaged, right? If you end an episode and you want more, it's right there versus having an episode end and then you getting kicked over to someone like you and a competitor. So I think when you're able to drop all those episodes, then you're just keeping the audience engaged and allowing things to play through. I don't imagine people are going to binge podcasts like they binge, unless they're in PR and they're these serial episodes, which those are very easy to binge. But unlike those, I don't imagine people are going to sit down and consume all eight episodes in one go. But at least if they're finishing one, the next one's going to start and it's ours and not someone else's, is my theory.
0: Great. And now is that at all influenced by Damien working for Netflix?
1: (laughs) No, it's mostly just uh, he actually left Netflix before – they had all of these seasons and episodes. Um, he did. He is fully responsible, mostly responsible. I don't want to say fully, mostly responsible for that lovely next episode button, though. So you do have him to thank <laughs> for that autoplay.
0: Oh, uh, fantastic. Well, the only thing, and I'll very quickly, is that I'd still love Netflix to tell you which shows you've watched and which ones you haven't. <laughs> it's like, and, and also which languages the show's in before you've got to go through all the audio settings. To work out, oh, it's not not in English, but anyway, you know, if anyone from Netflix is listening, please uh, take that advice up. So, you talked about your ICP. So, who is your ICP? Who are the clients you would love to work with?
1: Yep. So, we mostly work with tech and healthcare B two B companies who are making. It's mostly a uh, midsize to enterprise. We like midsize because there's a lot of room of growth there, so we can really help them. You know, mid-sized businesses sometimes get to this point and they're like. I need to grow a bit, like we've sort of stagnated now. We really need to grow. And so that's where we can really come in and help. And we can definitely help enterprise. It just doesn't feel like the needle's moving quite at the speed or at the curve that a midsize or even a small business would move. We Small business is a bit trickier for us because you really need to know your ICP. You really need to have your funnel down. You really need to have a marketing team. At your disposal, who can execute on a on, on, great, you know, my SEO team comes up with all of these ideas and all of the land you need a marketing team to go in and make those ideas happen. So that's e-
0: why. Excellent. Well, as you said earlier, that uh, you and Mike share different responsibilities in the business, but, you know, people and culture is really something that's important to you. And I think, you know, you talk a lot about uh, people first. So what does that mean to you? And and how has that helped you during, you know, one of the world's greatest pandemics?
1: So people first, originally, when Mike and I started the company, it came about because we hired people who were parents. And so we really realized that if we wanted to keep these people and we wanted to make sure they were happy, they needed to have a true work-life balance. And so everything came about. Mike and I taking care of our people. And that's still true today, but it's evolved a bit where it's bigger than that. And it's everybody treating everybody as humans and as people first before their team members, before their employees, that they are people who have their own strengths and their own challenges, who have a life outside of MKG where that Life impacts their ability to work in either a good way or in a hard way, especially this year in a very hard way. But it's so important, in my opinion, and experts would certainly agree with me from Southwest Airlines, Atlantic Airlines, just to name, you know, I know I'm focusing on airlines, so the two that ring a bell right now, but both of those companies were able to focus, refocus on their team and their employees and their stewardesses and their flight attendants and their pilots. And by doing so, those pilots and flight attendants turned around and took really good care of the customers and the customer service became amazing. And that's really what happens, right? It's a two-way street. So if you show up and say, listen, employee, I want to take care of you in the best capacity that I can. And I want to ensure that you have a work-life balance and that you have a career that you are proud of and that you have all the things you need in order to survive like healthcare and other benefits, then in turn, here's how I need you to show up to bring your best work to the table every day. And they do because they're just so proud of the company that they work at. And especially during the pandemic, it's been so helpful because we've all been in it together. You know when you're all facing these same challenges and you really put yourself in each other's shoes because you're all in it and you're watching sort of companies and your family struggle in their own work of being furloughed and those sort of things and we're not it makes you pull together even that much more because you want to make sure that at the end of this we all are able to come out the other side together. Have
0: you got any? You know, obviously not the specific situation. But you got any? examples that you can share with us to sort of better understand this people first?
1: It really comes down to empathy. I know that's sort of a buzzword right now. And everybody's talking about it. I just watched a really great masterclass about somebody who is a terrorist negotiator, quite frankly, and he talks about tactical empathy. And it's really, really what it is, is when you can really see somebody else's point of view and understand what they're going through right now, it really shifts how your interactions with them are and how you're able to see eye to eye, work together and collaborate, communicate. I mean, especially as a distributed company, you know this, Paul, you have to have clear lines of communication to basically get anything done. And the best way to do that is to really understand where the other person is in that moment so that you're showing up, okay, does this person Communicate better zoom. Do I need to call them and have a face to face? Are they better asynchronously where they want me to write it all out and have it clearly written? And so they can read it in their own time. I know you prefer, you know, Voxer. If somebody needs an urgent message and they immediately contact you through Voxer, you know, to get back to them, like, you know, how do people really communicate and how can you show up to support them so that you're getting things done and you're all on the same page is really what people first comes down to.
0: It's mm, brilliant. And I know, well, from what I understand from our previous conversations, traction is a yeah. philosophy or a methodology that you employ just t- take us a little bit through how you do that at MKG Marketing.
1: Mike actually came across this book, Traction, through his entrepreneurial organization group that he's part of. If you don't know anything about EO, you should yeah. definitely check it out. If you're not part of any sort of, you know, for where we all are in the way that our companies are currently growing, at this sort of seven-figure mark, having an entrepreneurs group like EO, I'm part of YEC. I'm sure there's a million others out there. There's women groups, for sure, that I'm also part of. By being part of an of these groups where companies are in similar situations, you learn a ton. And so Mike actually learned about traction through EO and it's a framework. I mean there's tons of frameworks out there. You can you can pick any one off the shelf that works for you. EO just happens to be something that I'm sorry, not EO. is just something that that we happen to respond really quickly to and that fit what we needed at the time, which is mostly a process. You know, how do you take the, all the things that you're doing and you're amazing at this, Paul? I mean, how do you take all the things that you're doing and document them in a way that when somebody comes in, the next person comes in, they can take it and pick it up and run with it. It's how you scale. On top of the fact that traction also walks you through, you know, it has certain frameworks for figuring out your mission, figuring out your values, figuring out what your five, your three, five, 10 year goals are and how to then go get to those. And the most important thing about traction is while all this is well and good, it's only well and good is if your entire company is on board and understands it. So right now we're rolling it out to the entire company. Mike and I used the last two years to sort of wrap our brains around it and understand it. And now we're having the whole team get more on board with it. We've created accountability charts so that people know like what their seats are and what their roles and responsibilities are. So it's clear. So by having the whole team on board, it's going to make it that much more impactful. But. It has, you know, traction talks about, I think other books talk about it as well as something called the flywheel. Are you familiar with? Yes. Flywheel, yeah. So that's really what traction does, right? It You've started your company. You're on the path to something. And so if you look at this big sort of metal wheel sitting in front of you, you've probably got it to start turning. But by getting involved with traction and putting this framework in place and putting all these systems in place through traction it allows that flywheel to pick up speed. And then it gets to a point where it's just turning on it. It's got so much momentum. It's just turning on its own. And all of a sudden you got new business coming in. And because of the new business, you have all these systems to hire people. And because those people are now being hired, you have all these systems to onboard them. And so these systems just start to work together to this point where the business is just running itself.
0: Yeah. And there's a couple of books called Traction. So just to be clear, it's Gino Wickman. So G-I-N-O Wickman, and we'll put the links to that in the uh, the show notes as well. But, uh well, I listen to it every year at this time. So uh, I'm definitely going to go listen to it again. But I think a lot of the things that he does were very similar to the 150 years of build-up um, processes that the Coca-Cola mm-hmm. company had. So I find it's great that, yeah, he t- sort of seems to take the best of a lot of what some of the best companies in the world do, but apply it to something that is practical for um, service based businesses. So, um, highly recommend it. And, you know, you can find out more about Kerry again at mkgmarketinginc.com. Okay. Okay. So, before we go into the live section, I'd like to talk about our assessment to help you work out if you're going to have a high or low seven figure business in 2021. You go to PaulHigginsMentoring.com forward slash assessment and answer 15 questions in three minutes. And then based on your results, you'll get a free 45 minute strategy call to work through a plan. Now it's not a sales call. It's actually a strategy call. I actually said to someone, it's so nice because so often you sell out, fill out quizzes or assessments, but it doesn't give you anything really. It uh, just cap, you know, it's a great way of capturing an email, but this is very specific and I will give you lots of value. And also, if you have shot the lights out and you've got everything covered, like Kerry has, we will get you to come on the show and share your results with everyone else. So the live section, Kerry, is about you and your, some of your key habits. So what are those daily habits that make you successful?
1: There's definitely things that I do every day that are really helpful. And it's different for me right now. And actually, Paul, we talked about this a little bit on my podcast because we live sort of a similar life of flexibility. In that I don't have a clear nine to five because I'm on a very different time zone than the rest of my team. So the rest of my company is in the U.S. all the way from East Coast to the Pacific time zone. And so I'm anywhere from five hours to eight hours ahead. And so I can't work nine to five, which has actually become a bit of a blessing. So one habit I've developed is, you know, dropping the kids off at school, which is next door. Thank goodness. And then my husband and I will, I'll make us coffee and tea and we'll sit on the sofa and watch a masterclass together. I recently signed up for masterclass this year. They had a two for one deal because of the pandemic. And I leapt right after it because it's amazing. And they've had so much content now. They've clearly been busy this year. And it's so nice to sort of kick off your day with not sitting and looking at emails and diving right into it, but actually getting the creative juices flowing by looking at what some of the experts have going on. And so I've watched Howard Schultz, who was CEO of Starbucks. I've watched uh, Doris Keen Goodwin, who is a researcher of presidents and leadership. I've watched a lot of cooking ones because I'm trying to get better at that. (laughs) And then I'm diving into a whole bunch right now from Daniel Pink and sales and negotiation to That other negotiation one I mentioned and my husband and really wanted to watch this game designer one, which I was like, oh, what am I gonna get out of this? But actually I've learned a lot from game design when it comes to design thinking and how you run a business. So they've been marvelous and I'm so thankful for building that habit in of and having something to look forward to from that standpoint. The other habit I've gotten into is just clear communication with my team of when I'm on and when I'm off. So I wasn't really very good at this because I worked normal hours on the Pacific time zone. But now with my schedule being all over the place, I'm very diligent about, okay, I'm going to pick up the kids up from school and I'll be back in an hour. And I really turn off. Like I don't look at my phone. I don't respond. I'm with my kids and I do the same from at dinner time from five to seven. I am with my family and I cook dinner and I make it a habit to really be with them. It's hard sometimes, especially with everything going on right now, knowing my team's online and they have a ton going on and that I'm not there. I'm not going to lie. It's hard. I've certainly broke protocol, but it's, <laughs> I do try and make it a habit to be with my family at that time.
0: Yeah, look, and I think that's the silver lining on a very you know, sad situation at the moment with COVID that I think people have you know, worked out that integrated life. And I think it's great. Like for me personally, you know, I've got calls very early with North America, given that I'm 11 hours ahead in Australia and I also work a couple of nights late, but I will have a nap every day, a 40-minute nap in the middle of the day. And then, you know, it's sort of like shift work for me, but you just learn to adjust to that. And it's fantastic. And it was interesting. I said briefly last night, I was out with my wife who works in corporate and we're out for their dinner. And yeah, it was, you know, they were talking about the revelations they've had this year of working from home. And uh, I think as a whole, they, they really enjoyed it. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I didn't say it, but I've been doing this for 11 years and it's fantastic. <laughs> <You> know, it's, <laughs> it it's, is. Yeah. it's wonderful, wonderful, especially if you've got uh, young children. And, you know, we've mentioned Damien a couple of times, but uh, he's listening right now because I'm going to make sure he listens. What would you like mm-hmm. to say to him? about the support he's given you?
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't think I would have started a company if I didn't have someone like him at my back. I mean, luckily he's been part of many startups. So he has a very good head on the shoulder of like what to expect. And he's really grounding for me that way of, I've gotten so much advice from him over the years of running the business and him being just an amazing sounding board in helping me through some tough, I'm an out loud thinker. I have to sort of process things by talking about it. And so he's been an amazing, while he's not my direct business partner, he's definitely been a life partner in the sense of helping me through challenges when it comes to thinking about running a business and being strategic about it.
0: Excellent. Well, the next section is the give section. So what's a charity or community that you're passionate about and why?
1: I think this falls under community moms, moms moms are an amazing community of people who've really banded together, especially in the last year. I have so many mom groups that I'm a part of that I can't even keep up with them all at this moment. But I started a blog a few years ago around finding your happy medium. I feel like as a mom right now, especially now during the pandemic, it's so all or nothing. Like, you need to be all in in one way or another from 100% breastfeeding to 100% cloth diapering to 100% making your own baby food to homeschooling to like, you have to be super mom all the time. And I got news for you, new moms, that's not possible. But it's not possible to give your kid those things you want to. It's just doing it in a way that's balanced of like, For me, I had twins. There was no way. I know moms, and they're my—they're literally my heroes. Where they've nursed them, you know, nursed twins all the way through their first year, and that's amazing. That was not me. I had to find the balance of like, okay, when can I nurse and how much, and you know, okay, what's the alternative and what does formula look like, and what formula do I feel comfortable giving my babies? So it's all about finding that, you know, what can you give your kids that makes you feel good, but also like. Keeps your sanity.
0: Yeah, a big shout out to every mum out there. Um, I know that my wife Linda has been an incredible mum, and and I can see the fruits of that labour with uh, two wonderful children. But a charity that I support and I give all the proceeds of my book and also a portion of my revenue to is the Purple House. So you can go to purplehouse.org.au and find out more. So the last section's the action sep- section or the rapid fire section. So I'll ask you some questions, get some rapid fire responses. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. So what are your top three personal effectiveness tips?
1: Systems. When you find you're doing something repeatable over and over and over again, write it down oh, for and video it, whether that's with Loom or Zoom or Dub or whatever it might be, like take note of it so that when you do finally can bring somebody on to do it for you, it's all right there and they can just pick it up and go.
0: Brand Number two?
1: Number two is I have an amazing, amazing executive assistant who's virtual, who is my saving everything. I used to run all the holiday party stuff where I'd like virtually send everybody gifts from Whole Foods and snacks and treats and did all the annual summit stuff and like to have somebody help mm-hmm. me with all of that, and even now do it is like the most freeing thing ever.
0: Totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. Right. And number three,
1: number three would be a work life balance. You got to have work life balance, it's what we've talked about, Paul, of like setting those clear boundaries. Boundaries are really hard, they're especially when you're like the odd man out. Like we are in a totally different time zone than everybody else, but it's so important to have clear boundaries. Again, sanity.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. And what tech is essential to running your business?
1: Uh, Zoom, not just for video, but for we actually use Zoom chat and we use, I switched everybody over from Slack much to their dismay at first because I wanted, it all encompassing where they could smash that Zoom button and problem solve over video, than trying to do it over chat. I'm all for asynchronous problem solving through other means, but when you're trying to chat something out, it's just you could have the conversation in 10 minutes opposed to like over 30 or 45.
0: Yeah, Um, and I'll just give a quick shout out to a a past guest, Mike Adams, and uh, he's got a company called Grain.co. So if you mm-hmm. go to grain.co forward slash BLG, there's a special offer there. And what it does is record the Zoom call, but you can take notes. So you can just send sections of the call and it saves a huge amount of time. So if you're a Zoom fan, grain.co forward slash BLG is great. Uh, your best source of new ideas.
1: Right now, Masterclass. I'm a big fan. And they, I do think they have a deal going on right now where it's like buy one, get one or... Two for one, something like that. And if you can go in on just for a year, but there's so much content on there. And like I said, I was watching a game designing, you know, how to design games, but I was completely, he was talking about constraints and how your creativity works best when you're given specific constraints. And that is so true when you're in business and you have to do. And you have to problem solve right you're problem solving within specific constraints and how you're doing that so there's just a ton of content and then a shout out to Brené Brown because she's just my hero right now and I'm consuming everything she's putting out to the universe because I think she's the research she has done over the last 10 20 years is so powerful and all leaders should consume the heck out of it at all times
0: yeah Yeah. And uh, the last question is the big question and I'll leave it to the end for that reason. But what impact do you want to leave on the world?
1: I just think it's, we need to move to a place where people have a work life balance where they work to live and not live to work. I have big dreams. I have dreams of offering a full year of maternity paternity leave where moms and dads take off for a whole year to be with their new family. I think That's so important. I only offer 12 weeks right now, but the dream is a year. I have a dream of of a four-week work week. I think people would actually, and from the studies show, and Japan is doing this, that people actually get more done with less time. And I truly believe that. And that is a dream. And to give people four-day weekend, I think, or a three-day weekend would just be amazing. So you know, I think that's the future and I want to give that as quickly and as soon as possible so that we can get there faster.
0: Perfect. Well, I could not think of a better alignment to a podcast called Build, Live, Give than uh, the one you've just summed up. It's, <laughs> that's not pre-scripted, everyone. Look, you can uh, find more about uh, Kerry and the great works that she does is MKG Marketing Inc com, So all the links will be in the show notes. You can also go and listen to her series. And I think it's, when's it dropping, Kerry? About the 12th of January?
1: Yeah, the 11th of January. The full 11th. season will be up and running, season six.
0: Great. And that's Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders podcast. So uh, search that on whatever your favorite uh, podcasting app is. And uh, get ready for that. It, um, I know I've been listening to the old brand, which was MKG Marketing. Was that correct?
1: Yep, the MKG Podcast. Yep.
0: Yeah, MKG Podcast. So, um, yeah, it's got some great guests and great content. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thoroughly enjoyed it as I knew I would. And I hope all of you have enjoyed it as well. So, uh, Kerry, have a great day and thank you.
1: Thank you, Paul.
0: Excellent. Bye. So I really loved that interview with uh, Kerry. It was just so natural. And she shared some excellent tips on Facebook ads, which I'm going to go and implement, and also how to leverage the book, Traction, and how she believes in people first. You can get the fully transcribed show notes at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. What is your biggest takeaway from Kerry? Please share on your socials mentioning Kerry and MKG Marketing. To find out more about MKG Marketing, go to their website, mkgmarketinginc.com. If you believe someone you know would benefit from the shows, please share. They would love you for it. Fill out the assessment to know if you're going to have a high, low seven-figure business in 2021. Just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash assessment. Please take action to build, live, and give. Thanks for listening to the Build, Live, Give podcast. If you like what you heard, please share it and leave us a review. It would mean the world to us.